Launching into the theme song. Nice. Connecting the classics back again. This is John Cale. You know more than I know. And we are a weekly music radio hour. And I am Will Reed. Will Hagel, aka Will Reed. Nice. Here with Lee Robinson. Lee Kale. Lee Kale. Lee Lee Kale, LL Kale. And this is Connecting the Classics. And uh, I'm overusing the sound effects, but we're launching into a little JJ Kale. Speaking of LL Kale, uh, weaving webs to LL Cool J. We're not talking about him today, though. But you want to explain what this podcast is all about? Yeah, this is our 71st episode. You and me recording together. This is Connecting the Classics. We both pick an album, and then we choose a song from our album, and then connect it to the other person's album using songs, references, creating musical separation, Kevin Bacon style. Kevin Bacon style. And you can also email us at connectingtheclassics at gmail.com if you want to suggest a theme, and we might use it on the episode and Venmo you $1. Uh, This week, we have no theme, though. We kind of just went random albums. I was thinking maybe the theme is pornography. <laughs> well, we'll get into that. Okay. Uh, the, maybe it's twin cinema, depending on what kind of pornography you're into. Yeah. It could be twin cinema. And the album I fired at you this week was the new pornographer's twin cinema which I got to be honest, I didn't know a ton about them, but I fired back with uh, a collection of Chopin's Nocturnes. Um, coincidentally, I found later on that there's a version of the album where there's a naked woman on the front. So I thought, <laughs> weaving webs already. Maybe, yeah, we tied it together that way. Uh, we're, but you chose a version of Chopin's Nocturnes like performed by someone else, right? Performed by... Yeah. Uh, I don't know how to say his name. Mo- Mozurik? Ivan Morevitz. Morevitz, yeah. That's how I'd say it. Uh, but you want to get into some new pornographers? Yeah, why don't you launch in and then t- I, I want to know why you picked it. Yeah, all right. Let's get into the opening track from the new pornographers, Twin Cinema, which also happens to be called Twin Cinema. 2005. So this comes out 2005. Are you hearing this like as new music? Yeah. So this is like one of those albums that it's obviously super poppy, 
new pornographers is like Canadian, you know, ultimate hipster indie band of that time. They got Nico Case. Some people might know her solo stuff. Yeah. She's in the band, as is um, AC Newman, who has also done some solo stuff and kind of like folk alternative, obviously. Uh, but it's just one of those albums that came out when I was like 14 years old, had it on my iPod and just loved it. What'd you think of the album? Um, I mean, I gotta be honest, nothing really jumped out to me. I did recognize that the big hit, I think, was the Bleeding Hearts. Is that a big okay. hit? I was wondering because I was, there's a song called Bleeding Sing Me Spanish Hearts. Techno. Uh-huh. And that's, I was wondering if you're gonna weave some webs, I'm hoping, of some Spanish techno, but not to uh, get the listeners' hopes up just to let them down because I didn't go that route. But, I always remember that being the hit, but to me, it was like actually really hard to pick a favorite song. Um, Jessica Numbers, These Are the Fables. Yeah. But I picked this song because I felt like I would put this album on. And it gets you going. I know you didn't like it, but it's like, I'm sold by this song, you know what I mean? And then I'm locked in for the rest of it. So I guess what it feels like one of those albums where I missed... Like, if I was, you know, 15 or, you know, 2005, you would have been 15, exactly, right? Yeah. Like, I would have 14. totally different, I think, view of this. But um, I did enjoy, the, you know, the, the ones that are sort of the hits. And then I've got some webs to weave later of, like, sort of this sound and how I think it fits into, you know, early 2000s rock. You know, we've talked a lot about Wilco before, so it kind of feels yeah in that world. Or even like Britpop, which I was kind of listening to some webs I didn't weave that I might discuss, but like stuff like Oasis or something like that, or uh-huh. even dating back to like the Beatles, where it's kind of just pop rock, but then getting like deconstructed over the years. I don't know. It was this was definitely, you know, the pitchfork kind of band mm-hmm. that you'd see. And they had like a ton of members, crazy live performance and stuff. Yeah. Um, oh, what's that other band? What's the other one you like from? Like Arcade Fire, also yeah. from Canada. And the Robots one. Oh, Flaming, Flaming Lips. Lips. Yeah. Not as over the top as that, but yeah, it's but similar sound. That yeah, era. Right. And um, so, yeah, I, I think I can appreciate it for, for that reasons. But um, And also, I just brought it up because I, I hadn't listened to it in years, and I put it on the other day for a long drive. And it's one of those albums that takes me back. Undisputed classic. Sorry you didn't like it, but <laughs> I don't say I don't want to pretend like I didn't like it because I, I but you appreciate, picked Chopin's Nocturnes. So, I appreciate uh, when you give me, uh, you know, things that I just I've always I know the band, but I've just never sat down and listened to the album. So, yep, I That's appreciate what CTC it. CTC is all about. Um, do you want to jump to Chopin? I think I I fired back with something equally challenging, probably for you. Yeah, let's jump. Uh, so I guess my thinking here, I forget why this popped up for me. I feel like we hadn't really talked about classical music ever. And I've always found that Chopin and then sort of the Nocturnes are a little more accessible than, I don't know, some other classical music. Especially, I feel like piano, solo piano type classical music is easier, I think, to I think uh, you're right. start with. Um, so I uh, 
don't know too much about the performer. Um, with classical music, you know, you're never going to hear a song by the artist originally. Um, Is that just because it's so old? Yeah, I just don't think any of it was ever recorded. And um, yeah, this guy was Czech. I don't know if you saw that. Um, 1930s, so you're still interpreting almost 100 years later. Um, so let's jump into my song. I hope someone did the big hit. I decided not to, just in case you did. <laughs> I couldn't find the big hit, so. <laughs> let's listen into B major, <laughs> opus 32, number one. <laughs> Give you 31 points for that. the mic will pick it up but i just hear you typing silently typing well this <laughs> clang in your keyboard in the background it sounds really quiet it's very soothing is yeah it just i feel me? like i'm at a library is it really quiet the song <laughs> i feel like Again, compared to the last music song, it's called pianissimo the last song we just listened to sounds so much louder <laughs> well that's what connecting the classics is all about you know how could this soft classical music relate to well, I was going to try to find a different band. recording that's not as quiet, but maybe we're in it. All right. We'll turn it up. We'll do it in post. Do it in post. Um, so, yeah. So, I guess what I find really interesting uh, about Nocturnes is oh, like... getting a little louder. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, is there, like, basically... Um, these little ditties i mean that's that's a poor use of terminology but um you know classical music usually is this large scale almost like operatic type story and chopin's nocturnes are kind of these repeated musical expressions um, that i think make them much more accessible because that's ultimately where popular music has gone so is this written for an orchestra or for a piano no this is literally written for a solo piano and basically what they would do is the reason this genre got popular, uh, it's considered the salon genre. Uh, and these performer or these composers wanted something to perform when they went to like house parties or like small events. They're not going to sit there and play this like big grand right, that you know, makes piece. Sense. So these end up being these like really pretty, uh, you know, repeated songs and they're all about the virtuoso display as well as emotional expression does it lead into jazz then because i feel like i can almost see this in like a smoky jazz club someone playing this totally so i was thinking jazz and also you know you know eric satie the famous french composer hey, you know who, more than i know who you know uh does kind of the even more simplified piano music where it's a refrain pretty much throughout the whole song. You'd recognize, he, he did that song, Genepides. Do you know that one? Hey, you know more than I know. All right. Well, a lot of times it's used in trailers and stuff because it's so it feels so modern. But, you know, this is still early 1900s for him. And Chopin was 
1800s. Yeah, I feel like most classical music to me kind of just blends together as like one genre. Yeah. Or like one, like I understand what you're saying and I can hear the difference now with, you know, this like piano versus a big orchestra. But yeah. when I think of classical music, I think of it just like well-written, challenging, put it on in the background while studying and then put on new pornographers. When you get, <laughs> when you fall asleep, yeah. Well, I'll let's see if I can quickly pull up the famous one because I do think there's something to the idea that like this music almost gets recycled in a way and recontextualized in modern society. That's really fascinating, despite like I don't know. It's it's just such a crazy time scale. It's also like, why were musicians in the 1800s? Yeah, you know, I guess there are still composers now, but like, this all just seems so crazy compared to what people make now. Yeah. Whereas people go more on like feeling now and like even math rock isn't like this. So here's the real famous one. I'm sure you'd know this song. it's not the exact same song <laughs> so the other thing I like is nocturnes are basically like a musical ode to the night which I think is a really cool concept so this is I don't know it always conjures up images for me when I know the intent is this is like supposed to be nighttime. so I, don't, I think they're fun for that reason I guess yeah, like I said, I get I get the vibe of the smoky, smoky club of like some drunk guy smoking a cigarette and like falling asleep at the piano, and then there's like a couple on a date on their first date. It's not, 1950. Yeah, I mean, I think it's it's really important musical milestone for that reason, because um, he's much later, I guess, um, despite being kind of a prodigy like Mozart. I mean, he's 1800s and he's maybe 40 50 years after Mozart but in our mind I feel like we just lump it all into like old right and this guy who's playing this died in 2015 yeah the guy playing it but Chopin I think dies in like 1870s or something yeah but I wonder if for lack of a better word like in evolution we evolved to have more kind of sweat i don't want to say swag but that's the only word i can think of you know like more modern music has more feel rather than the yeah. big like da, 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 you know what i mean totally In the 1800s they hadn't evolved their the swag yet well and again like i was saying this is like a display of how well you can play the piano yeah which is very jazz like like you mentioned uh whereas I think we've drifted away from that concept altogether. Maybe 90s rock was the last iteration of that. Where you just play a guitar as fast as possible. All right, you get the idea. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go ahead and pass it back. All right. Cutting the Chopin. 
I liked it though. I'm glad you made me listen to that because it's another thing where it's like, I know all these names like Chopin and Mozart, who was in the, you know, covered in the movie Amadeus, yeah. filmed in Prague, weaving webs to wow. Chopin and Ivan Morevitz. Um, great movie, by the way. Twin Cinema. See it on the Twin Cinemas. <laughs> Wait, so what is Twin Cinema? <laughs> I don't know. I think it's just like a dual projector or something. Got it. And like on that opening song, oh. it's like, in home theater, still projecting on. I don't even know what they're saying. That makes sense, actually. Yeah. Uh, so I'm going to use that as my connection, actually. Could have gone into Amadeus. But, you know, I was thinking about twins and what kind of, can you think of any twin cinema from cinema history? Some famous twins. Uh, what about the, what are those guys in, um, the Winklevoss, the Winklevoss twins. I was thinking network. of the twins in, uh, are there twins in Mighty Ducks? I know, you know more than I know, but nah. there's actually, there's only a few twin movies like Stuck on You, which I think came out the same Parent year as Trap. Twin Cinema. Parent Trap, we might be weaving that web. Nice. Uh, but instead, I'm stopping into the Lego movie here uh, because with a, a pair of twins who wrote the theme song, Everything is Awesome, from the Lego movie, along with Lonely Island, The Lonely Island. Uh-huh. But we're not going to listen to that. But this is <laughs> Tegan and Sarah walking with a ghost. Nice. Are they twins? Twins. Also Canadian. No which way you go. This is the only song of theirs I like. You know this one? I don't. Uh, kind of got a new pornographer's vibe. I wonder if like Mozart could come back and hear this, what he would think. I bet he'd love it. Really? Mozart? I feel like he had that kind of party energy. <laughs> Chopin was falling asleep. Yeah. Mozart was partying. Now I'm just imagining Mozart like at a Tegan and Sarah show. It's <laughs> like nodding his head I actually just checked Wikipedia and it said artists who influenced Tegan and Sarah include the new pornographers. No way. Because I know they're, yeah, both Canadian. But you can kind of hear, but also Rihanna, Taylor Swift. (laughs) I was thinking that maybe Sia kind of took from their sound. Yeah. Because modern music still sounds like this, in my opinion. 
I actually hadn't listened to much Sia, and I watched on New Year's Eve Sia sing. I might have talked about this on a previous podcast, but Sia singing with David Byrne, and it became oh, like how was I, it? I think it became like a meme with young people who have no idea who David Byrne is, and Sia is like crushing it, and then nice. David Byrne is like leaning against this like the wall, and just singing completely off key. Oh God. <laughs> It's a, everyone should look that up. It's that hilarious. Is brutal. But I like I haven't really listened to much Sia, but she's really good. Yeah, I feel like she has that similar tone to her voice. Yeah. It's See like you think. almost harsh, but really good. Yeah. Um, all right. Had to stop in with Tegan and Sarah. Just, you know, some twins. Love it. Some twins. We'll be getting into the cinema, passing I'll, it back. Also love the Canada connection. I think that's good. Um, all right, we left uh, We left with Chopin, who's actually Polish. I always assumed he was French. Oh, yeah. Um, found out he's Polish. So we were talking about Nocturnes, Piano Virtuoso. French, French sounding name. Made me think of similar sounding thematic pieces from an artist called Ray J. This is One Wish. <laughs> The porn episode. Damn, baby. I just don't understand what we were Give you a thousand points. I gave you my heart. I gave you my soul. I gave you. As a matter of fact, I was the one who said I loved you first. It was about eight years ago. Don't act like you don't know. We were sitting at home in your mama's living room. Your mama knew I was something else. She knew how I felt back then. We were in school. That was a new type of pornography, too, at the time. Growing up, I was a like celebrity sex tape, Ray J and Kim K. So, this, he's Brandy's brother. Did you know this? I don't think so. He's got all kinds of connections. Um, but it's time for a little order in the court. Uh oh. We put him on Ray J. I was. Trial? I gave you a false connection. I'm actually teasing my next connection. Oh. We were talking about Chopin, which made me think of sometimes people call him Chopin. Uh-oh. Chopin Beats. This next artist chopped the song we were just listening to by Ray J. This oh. is Burial Archangel. Oh. So we'll do a little side-by-side here. little... All right. Give you a million points for that. So that's Ray J's vocals. reason I chose Burial for Chopping Beats is he's super unique in how he makes his music. Uh, he basically makes these songs on like a program like uh, Audacity. It's called Soundforge. Do you know that at all? I 
don't think so. And he basically just takes all these little clips of like drum sound effects and stuff and he just sets them on the grid. He doesn't ever quantize anything. So does he um, has does he use like a MIDI keyboard at all? No, he literally sets it down and figures out where it goes by ear. Nice. And so you'll get these weird kind of wobble, almost like J. Dilla wobble. Yeah. Yeah, you're always telling me to quantize the beats I sing. Which I have to admit, <laughs> it does make it sound better usually. Yeah, I mean, again, we were talking about where the ears just get adjusted to the sound. Like, none of that Chopin stuff is quantized. It almost sounds so like if you use, even if you use just your laptop keyboard, when you drag in, because I've used like Logic Sampler. Yeah. When you drag in, I don't know if anyone who's listening cares about this, but when you drag in, like say Ray J into Logic, then you can use your just computer keyboard, like buttons to trigger different parts of the song. And it seems like you could do something like what he did on this by doing that, but the fact that he lays it out in a grid is crazy. So I'll give you a quick sort of quote from him. He's a really fascinating guy. I know there's always a joke about like who is burial. He was mainly anonymous for a large part of his career. Uh, he only really told his family that he made music. So like people that knew him didn't really know he was a musician. Um, so he kind of bucked the whole idea of being a traditional musician. Well, he was like, but he mis- said, yeah, his, his identity was mysterious, right? Well, yeah, and then he decided to remain anonymous, yeah. even when the label put out his music. Um, but he said, when I started doing tunes, I didn't have the kit. I didn't understand how to do it properly. So I can't make the drums and bass sound massive. No loud sounds taking up the whole tune. As long as I had a bit of singing in it, it forgave the rest of the tune. It was the thing that made me excited about doing it. And I feel like this is a great example of how he chops up vocals. Yeah. that's not at all what Ray J was singing. It's just like bits and pieces. Yeah, and it's like not even... Like you can't hear what he's saying. But it still sounds like he's saying something. So the other connection to Chopin is that when this album came out, people thought he was reviving romanticism, which Chopin was considered a romantic uh, musician. I'll give you 69 points, porn episode. Yes. Romance. (laughs) All right, passing. All right. Great connection. Love it. Love to hear some insight into how mysterious producers produce their songs. (laughs) (laughs) And Ray J. (laughs) And Ray J. Um, but we left off with Tegan and Sarah walking with a ghost and I got a question for you. Do you, do you believe in ghosts? I, I don't know. Honestly, I thought I did, but I don't know if I'd ever want to deal with ghosts if they were real. Who wouldn't want to be walking with a ghost like Tegan and Sarah? Exactly. So could go from Tegan and Sarah ghosts into music from The Shining because infamous twins from The Shining. Wow, so good. Played by real life twins, Louise Burns and Lisa Burns, who were 12 years old in the movie. But actually in real life, they're twins, but 
in the movie and the book, The Shining, they're actually supposed to be two years apart, which I thought was oh, interesting. Oh, really? Yeah. The kids are? They're supposed to be, yeah, apparently. Oh. I also rewatched that scene, and for those of you that haven't seen it, just look up Shining twin scene. It's pretty crazy. Stanley Kubrick, shout out. All right, editing all this out, but I'm going from that to a movie where the main characters weren't twins in real life, but are twins in the movie. Yes. We've already talked about it. Not twins because they're played both portrayed by Lindsay Lohan. Talking about the parent trap. You know, could have gone the parent of trap music, self-proclaimed T.I. But instead, (laughs) because he's also an actor in the cinema. Yep. But we're sticking with the parent trap, a song from the soundtrack. You do believe in ghosts, but do you believe in magic? Nice. Ultimate montage song. Totally. Happy like an old time movie. Clean cinema. What are we going to do during our montage? Just talking into microphones. Gonna make a little slight progress. <laughs> but I kind of was weaving some webs between this, like this is from the '60s, kind of just poppy uh, rock music. But I feel like you can kind of a weavable weave a web from this to new pornographers. Oh, totally. song was also featured in American Pie date movie Temple Grandin and it was covered by sister duo Ali and AJ who aren't twins (laughs) what did he say about what was in him I don't know (laughs) the magic's in him or the music's in him music's in him the magic's in the music Magic's in the music, music's in him, and yes, that's the love and spoonful. Nice, and you know the love and spoonful is actually a really mysterious band who would, you know, re—they would lay everything out and visualize it. I don't have any facts about the love and spoonful. I don't <laughs> even really know who they are. I love they were weaving webs. Ray J gave Kim Kardashian a love and spoonful, <laughs> <laughs> so we left off with. Burial Archangel, which samples Ray J. And, uh, you know, we talked about how he's an enigmatic musician. Uh, In addition to that, he's also really unique in that he never has really played a live show, um, which is really interesting. And also Burial Walking with a Ghost. Wow, true. We don't plan this. So do you know another major musician who's never performed live? 
Anyone come to mind? No. I'll give you one hint. This person is the most successful solo act to ever come out of Ireland. Second best all-time act behind you two. I was going to say The Edge, second best behind Bono. <laughs> but I, don't, I think The Edge is American. Wait, is The Edge Irish? Uh, Yeah, they've got to be, right? They're, They're all, all Irish. Irish, right? Yeah. Um, all right, jumping into Inya. Nice. <laughs> Only time. She's never performed live. Interesting. Despite selling 75 million records worldwide. Wow. Doesn't need to. Doesn't need to. Real name is Enya. Enya was like, for those younger listeners, Enya was like a joke answer, a joke description of music for years. Sounds like Enya. Am I crazy about that? Yeah. I don't know this. Tell me. Just like, it was just ridiculous. I don't know. Like, um, who's the guy who plays saxophone? Kenny G? Yeah. Kenny G or Enya. Like, would this be like new age kind of music? So I was going to talk a little bit about that. So people do call it new age, which is really confusing to me because I think there's this clear sort of fork of new age. And I don't actually consider this new age, despite what you're saying. In the 90s, for some reason, this is considered new age music. Yeah. but I, So I feel like in the 90s, it was kind of looked at as that, like on the edges, but it definitely has influenced modern music and even someone like Sia or something like that. I mean, basically she's like, she's taking really um, milk toast synth sounds and then singing like Irish folk style vocals. It's just like melodramatic, like. Yeah. Yeah. Romanticism. (laughs) Also great though. Don't put any disrespect on Inya here. No, this song is great. I don't know enough Bjork music, but get similar Bjork vibes. Yeah. Well, she's like kind of sampling her voice in a certain way. I was wondering about that too. Or like like someone's rearranging it. Yeah, like burial. Some engineer was probably laying those vocals. This has to be in a movie. It reminds me of that she like just hit her music came out at a time where everyone just like jumped on it. Yeah. Um it says this came out in November 2000. 
Well, I feel like it was like the 90s was, you know, like heavier music kind of. And then that started fading out after the 2000s. But funny enough, my first association with Inyo was my gym teacher would play her during like our gym That's time. That's funny. <laughs> All right, I'll pass it back. Nothing gets you amped up for <laughs> physical exercise like Enya. I know. Um, all right, you passing it back? Yeah. All right, we left off with Love and Spoonful. I forgot to ask you, do you, do you believe in magic? What does that mean? I don't know. Nah, probably not. Not <laughs> magicians. I don't believe in magicians. Yeah. <laughs> they don't fool you. <laughs> yeah, they don't. Never been impressed by a magic trick? Yeah, I don't believe in it. Oh, you just don't believe it? Okay. I think I'm with you. I believe you that you don't believe it. But another song, I kind of hinted at this earlier. Another song from The Parent Trap is The Laws, Weaving Webs. I think it's pronounced The Laws. I think they're Irish. Uh, And they have that song, There She Goes. Could probably hear some, you know that song? There she she goes. (laughs) Yeah. Uh not to be confused with Velvet Underground's song There She Goes Again. Yeah. And that's my John Cale get out of jail free card and my Nico <laughs> nice. my Nico your Nico <laughs> my Nico case dismissed. <laughs> um but while There She Goes is playing in the parent trap uh either Mary Kate or Ashley not sure which one of the or not Mary, uh, Lindsay. It's Lindsay Lohan is in a cab yeah, yeah. going through London. Another good set of twins, though, Mary Kate and Ashley. <laughs> I almost picked one of their movies. I forget which one. Oh, yeah. Great twins from twin cinema history. But <laughs> um, we in a cab and we are jumping and driving our way over to Cab Calloway. Jump and Jive, 1939, around when people were listening to Chopin. Nice. This song was famously in a movie in the cinema. In the movie Stormy Weather, where two brothers dan- tap dance to it. I'd tap dance not, to this. Not twins, though. Tap dance that ass. So this is a classic anthem from back in the day. But I kind of picked it because... Do you know about anything about this song? I feel like you might have some No, advice. I don't. Or Cap Calloway in general. No, tell me. I don't know anything, so if I said anything, I'd just be Googling it right now. But I know he was like... (laughs) uh, It sounds like that music where someone's like being filmed in a tuxedo and like toxing them. Exactly. It was like jazz and vaudeville mix and swing in Harlem. Um, just became really popular in the 30s and 40s. But 
The reason I thought of this song in the first place is because I was trying to rem- remember what album you recommended or what album I had to listen to. And I knew it was Chopin. And I thought I knew it was by an artist named Ivan. So I was trying to remember it. I was like, Chopin Ivan, Chopin Ivan, little bit of Chopin Ivan, Chopin Ivan, launching into the Brian Setzer Orchestra, going on a run. Jump driving well. Nice. I feel like the song's in Home Alone, but... Yeah, totally. I just wanted to stop in this song because this is a song I was thinking of, but I didn't realize it's actually based on, like, Cap Calloway. Is this more modern? I think this particular version is from, like, the 90s or something. Got it. But I saw someone say on a YouTube comment, like, this was that weird period of time where swing, jazz, alt-rock all kind of made sense together. I feel like it's like Smash Mouth, kind of. Yeah. But this song is originally, is it Louis Prima? That makes sense. From like the 20s, but... the whitewash version of the song <laughs> and with that I'm fading it out should I go into my Chopin no pass it close it with Chopin alright pass it back I still got a couple you went on a little run there Oof. I was running <laughs> running like Jack and Jill going up the hill to get a pail Jack and Jill starring Adam Sandler where he portrays himself and his identical twins. twin sister. Does he really? And Al Pacino is uh, the, the twins' love interest. So it's essentially a movie of a romantic comedy between Adam Sandler and Al Pacino. <laughs> That's absurd. It's honestly an underrated movie. <laughs> I'm, going, I'm going in the courtroom. Jack and Jill, like Enya was shat on when it came out. I saw it in theaters and loved it. Haven't seen it since, but I'm sure it still holds up. I just feel like people hated on it without actually looking into it. I got to rewatch it. I feel like I went to it in like middle school to try to make out with my crush. It came out, Jack and Jill, it came out when we were in college. Oh, what am I thinking of? Probably thinking of Click. That's what I did that at. <laughs> All right, pass it back. All right. Um, where did we leave off? We were talking about Inya. We talked a little bit about her music being new age, which I always thought was interesting. Um, which kind of got me connected to Space Age, which is another name that we that people used for um 
Exotica. You know, we mm. talked about Exotica in past episodes. I was flipping through the Exotica bin the other day at the record store. Nice. Shout out to Atomic Records. Um, and then another thing she was categorized was adult contemporary, Ooh. which is a funny genre that I've always thought of. Um, so that connected me to Stereo Lab, which is a group that I was hoping we could talk about. Definitely hear some threads that connect Stereo Lab to new pornographers. Um, this is their track, We're Not Adult Oriented. Nice. Launching in. Very much Krautrock Noi vibes on this. Album is called uh, Space Age Bachelor Pad Music. So that's why I was thinking of the Exotica connection as well. Wow. This, qu- so this, this doesn't seem quantized. Definitely not quantized. This Seems is like the beats like slow in all of a sudden. This is uh, 1993 for people following along at home. So the group was started by a couple that started dating. It's, it's a British guitarist and record nerd. And then a French vocalist, multi-instrumentalist. And you kind of get this cool blend of pop and crowd rock. French like Chopin. Oh no. He's Polish. Definitely Wilco vibes on this. Oh yeah. Well like that one song, Spiders, which was their crowd rock. And like you were saying, with certain classical artists that would just have like a refrain looped throughout a piece. Totally. I really like that style of music, like looped music, repetitive. There are like little vocals in the background of this. Yeah. yeah, so there's some cool like sound effects that you can kind of hear, electronic like bubbles and kind sound effects. I was thinking like, am I walking with a ghost right now? Am I rocking with a ghost? Yes. little Enya in the lyrics. Yeah. Uh, 
So similar to Inya and Burial, they took a 10-year hiatus and just recently reunited for a live performance, 2019. Wow. I've never listened to this. I'm going to give you all the points on the episode win. (laughs) Do you feel like there's a... Do you hear a new pornographer's sort of feel to it as well? Yeah, a little bit. It's almost like new pornographers have the like... Not the motoric beat, but kind of like choppy drums. The vocals. Like we heard on Tegan and Sarah too. And yeah, the song I played had like male vocals, but a lot of the album is female vocals. So they do a lot of interplay. I didn't choose a song that had a good example of that, but the the guitarist sings and they, they kind of bounce off each other just like... On new pornographers? No, this, this band, Stereolab. I feel like someone's got to bring crowd rock back. It's time. Yeah, right. But in a new way. And this is actually one of their earlier albums. Uh, their the big famous one that people will talk about is Dots and Loops. That's in 1997. Uh, and Emperor Tomato Ketchup is also another famous one. Like, so can you imagine is, someone? Oh, go ahead. I was just say this is them kind of finding their sound. But I'm saying I'm trying to find a new sound. Can you imagine like this guitar part playing and then like someone on stage hitting beat pads like Yes. It's like heavy Finger bass drumming. Heavy bass doing a crazy line. That'd be sick. <laughs> yeah, because the port the chord progression doesn't seem that hard. Yeah. It's all about the feel. Exactly. But I feel like this has a cool feel because it's like guitars pumped to the maximum and vocals blending in. <laughs> Sorry, I had to. <laughs> That's how I feel. I, I just felt like I was at the concert and that was great. Million nice. Points. All right. I'm going to keep it rolling. I'm going to do my new pornographers. All right. Roll it in. So close it on a low stereo note. lab. I was thinking there's a little bit of a connection too with twin cinemas. You know, the two film reels stereo requires two audio tracks, but mainly just porn. We're not adult-oriented. Falling through your clothes. New pornographers launching it. Oh, sorry. No, no. No, you you handle it. You go, you go. How you introduce this as I didn't like any of these songs, so I'm gonna play this song. Wait, what? What do you mean? Your uh, your lead into this song was, or did you like this song? Yeah, I thought this was catchy. Right. 
Also thought this sounded the most like Stereo Lab. Alright, not to discredit your I believe you. I just know you didn't like the album. So. so I've got a quote from a, uh, you know, music nerd who understands music theory sort of linking some similarities between the two bands. So, yeah, between Stereolab and New Pornographers, this person's calling out that the New Pornographers oftentimes use chords that make the tonal center not so clear. You keep expecting more conventional chord progressions and harmony, but you never really get resolution. It's like despite their posture and vocal harmonies, they have more in common with Stereolab than you'd think. The way they just chug, chug along and never resolve. I like that because it is it's something like it's not the non-quantized thing, but it's just like a bunch of different people doing like doing their thing at once, and it kind of clashes, and it's not like exactly what you expect like a pop song to be, but it is poppy. I think it's the lack of resolution. I think is what I couldn't. Uh, I'm definitely one of those people that loves resolution. In my so it's music. like tension with no release. Tons yeah. of tension. Yeah. I see that, yeah. I just want a nut like Ray J. Need that release. It's a little resolution here. Even then, though, that drone's holding that up, up note. Okay, there it goes. Love drones. Shout out to John Kale again, as always. All right, you passing it back? Passing it back. Okay, so after you nut, you go to sleep. We're going Chopin's (laughs) Nocturnes. uh, E-flat major OP9N2. Is this what you picked? This is the hit. Yeah, you did. This is a good one. (laughs) I literally just looked at the track list. They all blended together. <laughs> I looked at the track list and I was like, I think my favorite key is E flat. Not even E flat, but just E. It's like the easiest. It's like, give me blues and E and I yeah. can play a solo. So I think I like E. You've got an ear so for that's the probably hits, why man. it's a hit. Yeah. So we already heard this, but it's worth listening again. They must have recorded this dude in an airplane hangar because he sounds like (laughs) 200 miles away. It is very funny to listen to it right after the new pornographers. I don't know. I think people should give the new pornographers another shot. Thanks for listening. Back to the library. (laughs) Did you feel smarter when you're listening to classical music? Sometimes it feels like a brain massage. To me, it actually is worth it. That's what people say, but it depends on where I am. Because like, if I just put it on at home, I start listening to it too closely. 
and yeah. it's like too much going on and so it's not relaxing but if this was on at like a cafe or something I think I, and there was more like ambient noise around and it's kind of in the background then I would like that yeah I mean that's part of why I think this type of classical music is much more into the mainstream because you can kind of put it in the background and study or whatever yeah I should give this a try I don't know it's always like listening to music while doing other things is hit or miss for me I'll make you a piano study playlist alright thanks hey and uh, for Patreon subscribers you can get that playlist as well yeah join our discord where we're gonna be doing live shows <laughs> and uh Without further ado, if you don't mind, am I just going a little run to end the show? Nice. I actually don't think I even had a connection from Jump and Jive into this song other than that's how I was Chopin. trying to remember that. Chop and Jive. Chopin Ivan. Chopin Ivan, yeah. Chopin Ivan. <laughs> but going back to the parent trap. Came out the same time as New Pornographers. T.I., Rubber Band Man, closing it out. We don't have to play this. Nah, I love the song. No new emails this week. Uh, email us next time. Thanks for listening. Submit a theme to us on Twitter or email ctcpod. Connecting the classics at gmail.com. All right. See you next time on the radio. See ya.